All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Got to be episode like 500 by now, Tim. I would imagine we've been plugging these out like crazy lately. I think we're actually closing in on 400. No, uh, this would be 345, something like that, 346, somewhere around there. That's very exciting. But yes, thank you everybody for joining us. Hope everybody's having a good week. It's uh, it's a Wednesday, Tim. It, it's a slow, slow Wednesday. The weather is upticked here in Michigan, so it's nice. We're going to have a little rain later, which is very exciting. Rain in February. I had a nice skate last night out at the church. It was beautiful. And we're just going to ruin the rink tonight, but hopefully back out of this weekend. So I got some bad news last night. Did you? Alex Ovechkin scored his 30th goal. And I'm just going to oh. lead out with it. You know, we, we called it last episode. We did the, the bold predictions. And I think that's what everybody forgets. That was a bold prediction by me that he was going to, you know, not score 30 goals. The Capitals were going to miss the playoffs and they were going to blow up the whole team. Out of all of those picks, I, I believe him not getting 30 was the boldest of my predictions. And I still stand by it because he does have six empty netters. I think Ovi has lost a step, even though he's got 30 already this year. He had a hot start. We've noticed it over the last month. He slowed. He slowed quite considerable. But good for Ovi. I consider him a friend, contrary to what everybody believes. And uh, how many does he get? They got 30-some games left. They played how many games? 40-ish? Five, six, seven, eight? How many does he get, Tim? If he's got 30 already, what is a good number for Alex Ovechkin to end up at this year? Because he's, you know, he's older. He's slowing down, like I just mentioned. What do you think he's going to get? What's he over under on Ovi's goal total this year? Uh, I think he finishes with 41. That's my number. Okay. I'll go 35. i go 35. (laughs) 32. Why not? 31. No, he'll get to 40, but I, I don't see him, you know, getting past 40. I think that's a good number for him. I think one goal every four games the rest of the way is where he's going to end up. You know, he's obviously on the power play, one of the most lethal shots we've ever seen. 
good for him. I'm happy for him. It was a great one-timer goal. You know, it was, it was vintage Ovechkin, just pating very good. And yes, I'm getting the tweets, the messages are coming in. I see them. Everybody's very, very smart. So it feels good to be ripped by random people all over the world. It's, it's fun. It really is fun. Any other comments on this, Tim? You want to touch on Ovechkin? Many more. Uh, just to say, it's okay to not have a take on this, John. It's okay to say, hey, Ovechkin's a good player. Scored a lot of goals. He's going to keep doing it. You don't have to say, well, he's slowed down considerably. But he he's has. Ovechkin. He's, he's Alex Ovechkin. He's going to keep scoring. That's what he does. No, I don't think he will, honestly. The father time never loses. He has to, he has to slow down at some point. Will it be tomorrow? I don't know. I, I like to think, yes, it will be. But that's just me. I'm an optimist. Moving on. Jack Eichel's going to play. It's very big news. Bigger news than you think because it's a big Wednesday. Jack Eichel is coming back to play. The Buffalo Sabres had written Jack Eichel off for not. They said, you will not get this surgery. This will be the end of your career. We don't believe in this. This is not only a big win for Eichel personally, but I think long-term, if this does succeed, this will be – a really big thing for the NHL. You see guys get injured all the time and the NHL is very stuck in their ways when it comes to surgeries, rehab. This is the way we have to do it. We don't want to alternate from what we know, what works. And so anytime they get an opinion that doesn't jive with what they've known, they just don't even entertain it. They just, no, 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 no. That doesn't work. We don't know what that does. So no, you're going to do it our way. We've done it before. Let's move on. I'm hoping this will open the door to new, new ways to fix guys up because in the NHL, knees are bad. Hips are bad. The speed of players backs are starting to go. There are new ways, new technologies, new surgery methods. I I know a couple orthopedic surgeons here in town and just the amazing things that they're doing. And I'm sure the NHL investigates these things, but GMs are are very old school. They're very just, like I said, stuck in their ways. So hopefully this opens some people's eyes. Jack Eichel's going to play tonight. They're not going to ease him in. He's stepping in to the first line. He's playing with Pacioretty and Dadanoff, and away we go. I'm very excited to see how this turns out. I would love to get a Sabres fan on the show to just, I I'm interested to, to get the pulse of the Sabres nation. You know what I mean? How they feel about this whole situation. Are they happy that Eichel's gone now? Was he a, just a thorn in their side for a long time? Because obviously Jack didn't want to be there. Who would, he was there for eight, nine years, did nothing but lose the whole time he was there. So he's frustrated. I, I would like to get the the sense of how a Sabres, Sabres fan feels about this whole situation. Do they want Jack to succeed? Do they want him to epically fail? What do you think, Tim? You, you're a Bruins fan. You guys are going through a little bit of a downward turn right now. Did you want Chara to succeed when he left? Or did you want him to fail like he's failing now epically with the New York Islanders? <laughs> Of course you want him to succeed. And those situations are, are so different. The Eichel one is so nuanced and layered. But 
I think, yeah, I think the fans want him to succeed. I think there's probably a few knuckleheads that are holding grudges, but ultimately what it came down to is a player trying to take control of his own health, his own body, wants to do what's best for him, listening to what his doctors were telling him, but not some like hocus pocus voodoo magic surgery stuff. It's like, hey, I got the best guys in the world telling me one thing. You got the best guys in the world telling you another. Uh, It's my body. I want to do it. So I understand him and it's hard to fault him for that. So I, I would like to think that Sabres fans are are rooting for him to do well personally, not that they want the, the Golden Knights to do too well. Or maybe they say, hey, I hope he stays healthy, but he also stinks it up out there. Maybe that's maybe that's a nice balance. Or I don't wish I don't want him hurt, but I also don't want him doing well for another team. Because that was supposed to be our franchise guy. I could see that too. Knowing Buffalo, which I do well, I grew up going to Sabres games pretty consistently with my dad. I obviously played for the team. Um, I, I think the fans are, are rooting for Jack Eichel. I truly believe that most of the fans realize that the Sabres blew this whole situation. They, they fumbled it. They, they ruined it from the very get-go when they weren't even flexible talking about Jack's you know, potential different type of surgery. They, they didn't even want to entertain it. And I think the Sabres really did dig themselves into a hole that they couldn't get out of where they just were so adamant that Jack, you can't do this. And then maybe the more they learned, they didn't want to look bad and reverse course and say, you know, you know, yeah, you can now we wasted a year, but do it now because then that would mean they would have to admit that they were wrong. So whatever that means, I, I, I do believe the fans in Buffalo are behind Jack Eichel. They really don't like the Sabres organization. I think they're just getting frustrated with the years of futility, bad contracts they've been handing out, the efforts there, but I don't think the... How do I say this in a nice way without really ripping the whole organization? The brain power isn't there. You know, I guess I didn't do that well. I ripped the whole organization, but it, (laughs) it seems to me that they're not very smart with their money. And they just try to throw cash at problems. And when you're a parent and your kid's being naughty and you just try to throw cash at the problem, it doesn't solve the problem. It just masks it for a little bit. The kid's going to get upset again and he's going to get in trouble again. And you're just going to have to throw more cash at it. So Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula are worth billions of dollars. They really wanted a winner. And so they just threw as much cash as they can at the team and hopefully They were going to win. They didn't have any idea how to run a team. They never hired a president that knew how to run a team. They thought money talks, but no, money doesn't talk. BS walks, and that's what they were selling. And guys realized that, and so they'd sign a big ticket there. They'd overpay every player they brought in, and it just didn't – it did not work out. And then they ended up with a lot of guys with bad contracts. And the one – the guys who were valuable, they traded away. The Ryan O'Reilly's, I think Rasmus Ristolainen is a valuable piece. Sam Reinhardt's a good little player. They traded him away. Rather than try to build the third, second lines, they just went and hit home runs. They tried every single year. Let's bring in Taylor Hall. Let's bring in Jeff Skinner. Let's try to swing for the fences. And it just never worked. They didn't build the team the right way. What are you going to do? I'm happy for Jack Eichel. What What do you think, much like Ovechkin, 40 goals the rest of the year, Jack, if he's healthy, which he obviously is, they're they're playing him. They have a little less than 40 games left. Do you think he hits 40 points, point per game, a little bit more? 
No, less. Less. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think he'll produce right away. He might score a couple goals, or you know, in his first week. But I think it's more about him just getting his speed back, getting his footwork back. And I think Vegas obviously believes in him. They're starting him on the first line, so I could be totally wrong. But I, I think it's a. Uh, you know, if it, if he plays 38 games left this year, I don't have it in front of me. I would say 25 to 30 points would be a good target for him. And then, and I could see him if he stays healthy and, and things hold up, tearing it up in the playoffs, which is exciting for him. I don't, he, he hasn't played in the playoffs yet, right? Not even no, close. no, he has um, never made the playoffs. So this is, it'll be really cool to see what he does in that, in that situation. What's really neat is he's jumping in the jumping in right away with Colorado first game tonight. That's exciting. They play Colorado again next week. So those are the two juggernauts, the two heavyweights. They're loading up, loading up for the playoffs. Vegas's big ticket with Jack Eichel to get under the salary cap because we we talked about this. Are they going to move some guys? Is Smith going to go? How are they going to wiggle in under the salary cap? Mark Stone is just put put on the LTIR. So that means he's out for a good month. I think the LTIR has a certain games amount attached to it. I want to say 12 to 14 in that range. So he is out for the foreseeable future. He's got some injuries. They're trying to get him healthy. He's been banged up the whole season. People are whispering. People are making connections. They're connecting the dots. People are smart. They're on to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're comparing it to Kucherov from Tampa Bay. Now, Kelly McCrimmon, Vegas's GM, he is adamant. He says, no way. Have you guys ever met Mark Stone? Do you know this guy? He would play on one leg if he could. He's an absolute animal. He would never do this. You got to put him out there. I think he's lying. I think they tried to make some moves to fit Jack Eichel in under the cap, and nothing came to fruition. And they just, this was, this was the, the trump card they had in their back pocket. If things didn't work out, they would go, okay, Mark, take a month off, get yourself super healthy, be back for the playoffs. And I truly believe this is another Kucherov situation. I know Stone is banged up. Don't get me wrong. I still think he could play through this. Or you could just put him on the IR, not the LTIR. So am I just being crazy? Am I a conspiracy theorist? Or does this, you know, if, if it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, swims like a duck everything it's a duck right like this 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 is hiding salary so you can get jack eichel on the ice and then stone's going to magically reappear when they're able to make a move or the season's over and he's back for the playoffs right can we just put this put this to bed i agree yeah and it's funny because you know these guys are so clued into what's going on with their players but on monday kelly mccrimmon said it's difficult to define exactly what the issue is with mark stone's back which is nonsense. Like, even if even if that is sort of true, the doctor is going to give you some talking points. Like, we know it's this or that. It's it's related to his vertebrae, it's his rib cage, his spine, whatever. Like, they would never say, yeah, it's difficult to figure it out. So just go tell the media that. Like, that's there's something there. He's making that up on the fly. Uh, and someone responded to that message. What is it? He said, I'm not a doctor, but check his cap hit, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that is really um, funny. Yeah, so I really, think well, everyone knows. I think everyone knows. It's the truth. And the, and the Tampa Bay Lightning exposed, they exposed this. And now every team that's a competitor, they're using it to their advantage. And why not? Until they close this loophole somehow. But how do you close it? You'd have to get into the team somehow 
and expose the collusion, the the conversations being had between Mark Stone and the trainers and this and that. But that's very, very difficult to do. So basically, Mark Stone makes 9.5. Jack Eichel makes 10. It's just swapping one guy in for the next. The salary cap will remain the same. And they need to figure this out, though. If they want Mark Stone back and Kelly McCrimmon is telling the truth, that means Mark Stone will be back for the last month of the season or month and a half. And they got to make some moves. They got to free up $9 million in salary cap to get these guys under the cap. Cause right now their cap hit is at $92 million. If all these guys are ripping and rolling around. So they have to make some moves. I truly believe you'll see McCrimmon make a move in the next two weeks, three weeks. There's no rush. You know, he, he's got to figure it out. We're going to see how Jack Geico responds. If Jack's flying away, then I think they get out from Riley Smith. They don't need the scoring. They've replaced him with you know, Jack Eichel, who's a better option, does everything better. He's younger. He scores more. He's just, he's better. Let's be honest. But if Eichel is struggling, he's not up to par. Maybe they look elsewhere. Maybe they deal a defenseman. Maybe they try to get rid of, they can't get rid of Shea Theodore. You can't get rid of Peter Angelo. I don't know what you do. Maybe get rid of Braden McNabb. They're in a tough situation. It's a very tricky situation. They put themselves in by getting Jack Eichel, but boy, I almost I almost won my bet with Evander Kane. That was exciting. Very close. I'm going to I'm going to chalk that up for maybe it's an overtime loss for me. It was very close, but I lost it right that. at the very end. It was it was very that. very close, very very close. So I'm I'm <laughs> I lost the Ovechkin one. That was a first round KO. I'm no I know I'm mixing up my analogies, but he yeah, that was that was over in the first 2 weeks of the season when he ripped off 20 goals in his first 20 games. I was like, eh, that ain't good." What are the rumors are flying around, Tim, around the league? Because, you know, we, we saw a trade the other day, Tyler Toffoli, the first shoe to drop in the mad scramble for the trade deadline, which is under a month away. So I like this move that the Calgary Flames did. They they preempted the, the big rush. They did their due diligence. They obviously were comfortable with Tyler Toffoli. He played with Sutter in L.A. They won a Stanley Cup together. They know exactly what they're getting from this guy. He's a high-end scoring winger. He, he plays a high-intensity game. He's very responsible defensively. He's, he knows the systems that Calgary's going to play, and they went out and got him. They didn't, play that high, they didn't pay that high of a price for him. A fourth-line forward Pitlick, a first-rounder, which will end up being most likely post-20. I'm guessing 20, 21, 22. That, that's where the pick's going to be. That's a pretty good price. Then you get this guy for a few more years because he is under contract. So I like that pickup by the Calgary Flames. It's a big move. I think they see the Pacific is potentially open. They have a good team. They've been playing better of late. I don't know. Do you like this pickup? I think it's a great move for the Calgary Flames. Oh, it's a great move. He scored a beauty last night in his first game, too. Did you see that? I did. He's a Uh, gamer, man. He is a gamer. When he was with Vancouver in their playoff stretch run, he was always the guy they talk about. When LA was winning their cups, you would talk about Toffoli. Other teams would focus on Jeff Carter and Mike Richard, or maybe not Mike Richards, but Anze Kopitar. Tyler Toffoli was the guy, and him and I, I, I follow. Those two guys really buzzed around, but Toffoli was the one who stood out to me. So good pickup by the Calgary Flames. So the, with that being said, teams are starting to maybe feel a little rushed, and we're starting to hear some rumors. And this one involves the Vegas Golden Knights as well because their goaltending situation isn't as strong as we once thought it was. Last year, they had arguably the two best goaltenders in the league. They were, they were a 1A and a 1AA. 
Like Robin Lehner and Mark Gundry Fleury had unbelievable seasons. They needed to make some cap moves, so they shipped Mark Gundry Fleury, franchise favorite. Vegas loved him. They shipped him to Chicago. Well, lo and behold, Robin Robin Lehner is, is not playing that well this year, Tim. Not not his best season. So it makes makes the GM think maybe I can't rely on this guy if the playoffs come and he has a little shaky start. What do I do? Well, their backup goaltender isn't really the answer. That's uh, Laurie Brossois, Laurent Brossois. I'm not I'm not trusting him if I'm going into Colorado in the Western Conference Finals. What did our uh, friend of the show, Frank Saravalli, say, Tim? Well, it's not just that Laner's underperforming, but now he's got some injury that, that's kind of not really clear on what's going on with him yet. But he didn't practice Monday. Uh, and yesterday it was reported that he's going to miss today, Wednesday's game. And it's not clear how long he's going to be out. So this could be a long-term thing. Um, which is certainly factoring in. So Frank Saravelli posted an, uh, a report yesterday that sources with the team told him that the Golden Knights are looking back at Marc-Andre Fleury, former, uh, former goaltender. So that was kind of, you know, took everyone by storm for an hour or two in the, in the hockey rumor world and talking about what would they get him for, would Fleury even want to go back, which is this whole other thing. Um, but before that really had a chance to pick up too much steam, Kelly McCrimmon spoke up. I think I don't know where he spoke, but he said uh, he heard about this rumor and said, quote, there is absolutely no credence to that rumor at all. I wouldn't normally speak officially on such things, but there will be so much racket about this. It's important to let people know that's not going to happen. Now, he did not mince words there. Like he's like, he's like, look at me in the eye. I'm telling you the truth. This is exactly what I'm going to say. This is not happening. Like there's no two ways about that statement he just made. So now we feel like even if he does, if it was true, we can't trade for Fleury now just by, based on that statement alone. So I'm curious. I don't know. Like Frank, I, I trust Frank. He's one of the best in the business. What did he hear? Who did he hear it from? And why is it so adamant from Kelly McKinnon that this is not true? Like, what do you think? How do you think that all went down? Well, usually when there's smoke, there's fire. So something's there. So obviously the Vegas Golden Knights reached out to the Blackhawks just to gauge their interest to see if Marc-Andre Fleury was available, which he will be. He'll be a highly sought-after goaltender at the deadline. And they have a connection there. He's comfortable with Vegas. He knows the, the area. He, the fans love him. The players love him. And he's having a, he's resurrected his year. He's been playing well of late. So there is something there. And it's very strange when a GM will go out of his way to kind of squash rumors and put out the fires. That, to me, is a, is a red flag. It's like, okay, something's going on there. If he doesn't want people talking about this and to move on, that means he is trying to get Mark Andre Fleury. It's almost like a, a Freudian thing where you're, no, 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 nothing's happening, nothing's happening, but everything is happening. So I don't think they'll get him. Their salary cap situation is incredible unless they cough up. What a move by the Chicago Blackhawks! If they could trade him back to the team that they acquired him from, they only gave up some AHL guy. Mike Mika Hike Hike never heard of the guy, but if they could get him and flip him for a first rounder back to Vegas, that would be epic. I would love that. But who knows? The, the salary cap implications are there. I do think Frank, he's too reliable. He would not stake his reputation to tweet something that is not true. He obviously heard something within the Vegas organization. He has guys all over the league. He talks to GMs. He talks to scouts. He talks to everybody, assistant coaches, coaches, players. He knows what he's talking about. 
he's been doing this for years. So he would never just say something haphazardly just to get some rumors going. That's not what Frank does. Frank is very professional. I don't see this trade happening, but you know, I, I don't know why Kelly McCrimmon won't just say, you know what? We're exploring all the options. If he would have said that, I would have said, okay, they're probably not going to get flurry, but they're just kicking the tires because he was so adamant that no after there's no credence to this. Absolutely. No way. I, I would, I wouldn't usually say this stuff to you guys, but no way. No, 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 no. It's like, uh, you probably did something. You know what I mean? If you have to do that, str- it's like when a guy, you know, does something and his wife didn't want him to do it. I didn't, I didn't know. Ah, no, 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 no. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't be that aggressive to defend yourself if there wasn't some sliver of truth there. So I don't know. It's like, I don't, well, with your kids, right? If you ask two of the kids who ate the last cookie out of the pantry, one said, not me. And the other one just started freaking out saying, no, 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 wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Absolutely not. You know, which one did it, right? Yeah, it's the one who's got cookie crumbs all over his face and like crazy, just, no, it wasn't, please believe me. It's like, no, you did it. You did it. All right. Speaking of cookies, speaking of cookies, you know what? I I can get cookies from the grocery store. What if my car breaks down, Tim? How do I get it? How do I do it? You got to figure something out. I'll tell you what I do. I order DoorDash. They can go to gas stations. They can go to grocery stores. They can do it. Flower shop. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. DoorDash honestly does everything. And they do it fast. They're in pretty much every city in the world by now. It's a good company. They are paired up with us. And I love using them. So does Tim. So you should too. DoorDash. Promo code in Canada is DoorDash. For DoorDash is GlovesDD. If you're in the USA, it's GlovesDDUS. Use that when you order. On your first order, you get 25% off and free delivery. It's the perfect setup. It really is. So do that. Gives us a little little air in our wind in our sails. You could say with DoorDash, I like that they're sponsoring us. They're a good company. Check them out. Gloves DD, if you're in Canada. Gloves DD US, if you're in the USA. Save yourself some money. Get yourself some food. All right. Another another rumor, Tim. You're just all over these rumors lately. What do we got? What's the next big rumor? A heavy hitter rumor. Uh, Adrian Dater, who's the guy with Colorado. He's the one who asked McKinnon that question last year. Where he's like, hey, you ever think of just like, going out there and just saying F it and just like doing what you want <laughs> and talk for like five minutes without saying anything. That's the same Adrian data. But um, he tweeted out, he said, I'm told that Claude Giroux has known it may, has made it known to Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher that Colorado is where he wants to go. If somehow that doesn't work out, Minnesota or St. Louis would be acceptable alternatives. Not totally surprising. I mean, any, I think any, like, I bet you ask Hurdle, I bet Colorado's at the top of his list. You ask Pavelski, I'm sure he wants to go play in Colorado. So that's not totally surprising, but it's really cool to hear from a pretty reliable guy that Drew's looking to be moved and he's looking to be part of that Avalanche team. What do you make of all this? Well, we called it right. I, I think a couple episodes ago, we were just spitballing where Giroux would end up. I said Minnesota, and then I think my second team was Colorado. And the Colorado comment was more of just haphazardly. If I'm a player in the NHL and I want to go somewhere to try to win a Stanley Cup, it's obviously going to be the Colorado Avalanche. The scary thing with Colorado, they can make this work. They really can. Philly's going to eat some of Drew's cap. He's only signed for this year. They have a little money left in their system. They could make this work. So uh, they don't have their first round draft pick for this year. They could give them a first round for next year. Their first round draft picks 
are worth absolutely nothing. Colorado Avalanche. They're, they're, they are. They're going to get the 29th overall pick in the first round, which is some dude from you know, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He might play 100 games. He's not going to be a, a game changer. He's, he's pretty much a second rounder. He, he won't make a, a franchise altering play unless, you know, you hit a home run and you get like a Tuka Rask or something like that. Ooh, too soon. Bringing up Tuka. It's too no, soon. Sorry. Move on. Move on. Don't. That was, that was, that was nasty. Me. I'm sorry. I truly think Minnesota can have a better package for the Philadelphia Flyers. I just, I start to think, I'm like, okay. Does Chuck Fletcher feel sort of responsible for Claude Giroux and his failure the last however many years they've been together? Does he do him a solid and send him to the team that he thinks is going to win the Stanley Cup, which is at this point the Colorado Avalanche. They they finally lost last game. They'd won 18 in a row. They'd been on an amazing streak. They've been doing it all season long. Does he just say, you know what? I'm going to send you to Colorado. I'm going to eat some of their cap. I'm going to get a young prospect they have, and I'm going to get a first-round draft pick for you. Go win a Stanley Cup, Claude. Thank you for your service. Or does he try to maximize the return? If that's the case, he's got to send him to Minnesota. Minnesota has the draft picks. Their, their, draft, their prospects pool is a little deeper. I don't know. What, what do you think? Is it If you're a GM, do you have to have any allegiance to a player if he's been your captain? Claude hasn't really whined in the press at all his whole career at Philadelphia. He's always been a good team player. He's never complained or moaned. Does that factor in when you're trading a guy of his standard? I I think back to the Ray Bork trade. I'm sure Ray had a big say in where he went. What what would you do if you're Chuck Fletcher? And Minnesota's offering you a first and a second and a high-end prospect, and Colorado's ask, offering you a first and a high prospect, but their first is pretty much a second and Minnesota's will be middle or middle of the round in the first round. I think you take the best offer. If it's a team that you can look uh, Drew in the eye and says he has a chance to go win a cup, which you do in Minnesota. Um, so I think, I think there is some respect factor where, like you said, he's the captain. He's been there for a decade, decade and a half. Like you do treat it a little differently from other players. I would like to think anyway. Um, but Minnesota is no slouch. So I think, you know, if, if their offer is that much better than Colorado, they'll take it. Like, I don't think there's any problem with that. The problem is if, like, what if it's Ottawa and Colorado and Ottawa's offering a first and a second and a third and Colorado offers, like, a late first and that's it. Like, then uh, then it gets a little tricky probably. But even still, I don't know. He's got a job to do. So I, I think you go with a better offer. And I think you – I think Giroux has probably, what, a, a limited no-trade clause? Um, no, full full no-move clause. So he picks where he goes. Yeah. Then, so yeah, if, uh, if, if these rumors are true and he said, I'm only going to mini – Colorado or St. Louis, that's it. He's not going anywhere else. Then, yeah, you take the best offer you can get within that group. It's interesting he includes St. Louis in this group. I I don't consider St. Louis to be that much of a contender in the West, but like we said, if you put Claude Giroux on a team, that instantly changes the power balance in that division. So that'd be fine. I, I was just looking at the lines with Minnesota. He fits great with Minnesota. I've said it from the beginning. They don't have a true first, you know, one C a guy who can control a game, quarterback, a power play, just plug him in for the first line center. And away we go right now. They have Ryan Hartman playing that position. You put him with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Oh my goodness. Those three guys would be crazy creative together. That'd be so fun. It drops Ryan Hartman down playing with Matthew Boldy and Kevin Fiala. Boldy, by the way, rips a hat trick the other game. Like this, this kid 
is playing really, really great. It drops Freddie Goudreau down to the fourth line, which is good. You're not going to touch that Joel Erickson, Jordan Greenway, Marcus Foligno line. They've been playing really well. And I've said it all along. Minnesota's got a scary defense. Their goaltender is serviceable. Cam Talbot's playing pretty good. Capo Kakinen's a decent backup. You get Matthew Dumba back. Their defense is solid. You got Brodine, Spurgeon, Ben, Dumba, Goligoski, and either Merrill or Kulikov. That's a good NHL hockey team. That's a team you do not want to play in the playoffs. They've done it last year and the year before. They're a frustrating team to play against. Oh, man, I don't know. I like the Minnesota Wild. If Claude Giroux is added to that team, they're, they're right in the mix with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. We saw how they frustrate Vegas Golden, the Vegas. Why do we call them the Vegas Golden Knights? I, I always do. Why don't I just say the Knights? Such a mouthful. Uh, I don't know. Too I much. Know. I don't know either. Where do you want Drew to go? What's what's your best spot for him? Um, I mean, just the idea of him going to Colorado is exciting, just because they're already such a wagon, and it's like you add him to the lineup, and then what do you do with that lineup? Like their top six is already pretty solid, and you know, arguably the best top six in the league. Like, do you mess with that? But then on the other hand, you don't want Drew. Like, he doesn't want to go down to the third line of some team to to carry a line. That's not why he wants to be traded. He's done that for the last couple of years. So I think he wants to go and play with these elite guys. He wants to go play with McKinnon and Landeskog or with Kadri and Nachuskin or Burakovsky. He wants to be up in that group. So I, it's interesting to think about like how they'll juggle the lines to make that work or whether it's St. Louis, right? Like you got Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Jordan Cairo. You're not messing with that, but maybe the second line, you bump Robert Thomas down and Jeru's the center between Tarasenko and, and Buchnevich. That's a great line. That's a great line. So I don't know. I, I think I, I'd like to see him go to one of those teams just to, that's my really wish is to get him traded period. And to see him, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't think of him being that old, but now he's like, we talked a couple of years ago about this group that has not won a cup yet. The Thorntons, the Marlowe's, it was the Luongo's before he retired that group. And now it's like, it's true. You know, like who else is on that list still? Ryan Miller's retired. I think Giroux has got to be at or near the top of the list of that experienced veteran that hasn't won a cup yet that you kind of root for. So I think I hope he does get traded and I hope he gets to uh, win the cup this year. Yeah, I think um, if he goes to St. Louis and Minnesota, one of those two teams, gosh, they could be better than Colorado. That's, That's how big seismic this trade will be. Claude Giroux is a very, very good hockey player. He he will he will transform either one of those teams into a good team into a very good team. That's how much of an impact he will have. I think the team he makes the most impact on is the Minnesota Wild, because I like I said they don't have a true one one center. If he goes to St. Louis, that second line will be dangerous, very very dangerous. Like bumping Robert Thomas down. If he goes to Colorado. It'll just be scary. It'll be a plethora of riches. You'll have the best first line in the NHL. And then you potentially could put out the best second line in the NHL with the way Nazem Kadri's playing. You put Claude Giroux on the left side. You got Bushnevitz on the right side, who's having a great season. He's over a point per game. It's just, I hope Colorado doesn't get him because it'll just be a runaway. It'll be impossible to stop them. They'll be the, a super team. But uh, I'm glad Giroux is saying yes to a trade. Some guys, they, they have allegiances to their team. They want to end their career in Philadelphia. I think he's very realistic. This is his time. He's got to go. He's still going to cash in in the offseason. This is his time to get on a team, win a Stanley Cup, and then maybe he can cash in again for his final four- to five-year contract, make six, $7 million, and sign with a team who's maybe not there but who has some money to throw around. So I like what Claude Giroux is doing right now. This is a very good thing for him. 
But uh, all right, what else, Tim? Moving on. Yeah, so moving on, um, I was thinking about, you know, some of the teams in the league that we talked about, they're like, hey, they should be better. Philadelphia is certainly one of them. Like, why are they not better? They they got the pieces, and I'm kind of curious on your take on this. What do you think are the, the biggest – the teams would have the biggest difference between what they look like on paper and what they look like on the ice? Philadelphia immediately comes to mind. When you look at all the pieces they added, we talked about them being a, a serious contender in the offseason, and they have they really could not be worse. Um, a couple other teams come to mind for me, Chicago – Again, similar situation that we thought that they would make some major leaps. And they, they, I predicted them, my bold prediction was for them to be in the cup final. So I don't know. Where do you, what do you, what comes, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. The, the team that really stands out, and, I, and maybe it's not fair because they've had so many injuries this year as the Winnipeg Jets. I know you, you mentioned them too before the show. They, they really, they really had an earmark for a good season this year. The North is weak. Shifley was primed to have a great season. Wheeler was there. Dubois was comfortable in the system. He's done with his COVID fatigue that he said he had last year. Kyle Connor's having a great season. They have very like drastically underperformed this year. And this is slowly turning into a situation in Winnipeg that they had in the New York Rangers, where you have an all-star goaltender, an MVP candidate, much like Henrik Lundqvist was. Connor Hellebuck. He's he's an unbelievable goaltender. Why he's he not having a enough? great season? He's not having a great year, though. Is that due to him, or is that due to the back end? When you look on the defense for the Minnesota or the Winnipeg Jets, you got Josh Morrissey, Dylan Demello, Vili Heinola, Nate Schmidt, Logan Stanley, and Brendan Dillon. It's I not mean, very maybe, inspiring when you have those guys. Yeah, yeah, but in the last ten games, he's let up two, two, four. Shout out two, five, five, two, three, four. Like that's a lot of goals. It is, but it's not entirely terrible when you're going 2-2. Lots of twos in there, a couple threes. But, yeah, five is obviously a stinker. Connor, you can't tell me that Connor Hellebuck is a bad goaltender. You can't. You cannot convince me there's a bad goaltender. And I I believe this. They're they're turning into the Rangers of the early 2000s where you have lots of high-end forwards, an okay defense, and an all-star goaltender, and they just don't do anything. The Rangers won a few playoff rounds. The Winnipeg Jets had their chance, but they're, they're a huge disappointment. They have to be. They absolutely have to be. It's too little, too late. Paul Stasny's just been absolutely uh, – it's been a disappointment this this whole season. Last season was a disappointment. I, I think they have to be at the top of the list other than the Philadelphia Flyers, but nobody talks about the Winnipeg Jets. Nobody. They should be up there. When you look at their team, they should be contending, and they're not. They should be absolutely in the mix, and they're not contending. They won't make the playoffs. Right now they sit sixth in the Central. They're staring up at Dallas, Nashville. They're not going to catch St. Louis, Minnesota, or Colorado. They're not going to make the playoffs. Nashville's going to be the fourth seed. It's um, it's Winnipeg Jets for me. It's hard because there's a lot of teams who underperform. The team right below them, the Chicago Blackhawks, are right there. But I think going into the season, Chicago had a lot more question marks. How is this guy going to fit? How is this guy going to fit? Is Jonathan Taves going to come back healthy? Winnipeg was locked in. These guys have been together for a long time. Nicholas Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, all these guys. Paul Stassi has been there. It's, it didn't work. For whatever reason, nothing is working in Winnipeg this year. They're, they're just playing, they're playing bad. So I, I think pa- losing Paul Maurice at the beginning of the season was a little I bit of a hit. about that. Yeah. yeah. So he, I think he might have read the writing on the wall. He's like, listen, it's just not going to happen. Maybe I'm going to cut bait and not be associated with this team because it's not looking strong. We're going to let some new coach come in and just take the fall because 
I've seen it. Their best years are behind them, and I'm moving on. Blake Wheeler's 35. Mark Scheifele's 28. He's been injured. Paul Stasny's 36. He's been he's just been a bad signing for these guys. So it's um it's got to be the Jets, and they haven't done anything to solidify their back end. Their six defensemen make 20 million bucks. They make a lot of money. They're just not doing. They're not doing much, and it, and it's sad because Winnipeg does deserve to have a good hockey team up there. They were competitive for a long time. Their best defenseman, Morrissey's got 18 points, five goals, 13 assists. They pay him six million dollars. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. What are you going to do? They got to get rid of Shovel Day off. He's been there a long time. It's time to get a fresh look with the Winnipeg Jets. I think they'll make that change in the offseason. But uh, that's my team, Tim. That's my team. That's the biggest disappointment. It's kind of. They, nobody talks about the Jets. Everybody rips on the Flyers or the the Dallas, not really Dallas Stars. Everybody rips on the Flyers and the Chicago Blackhawks because they're big markets. Winnipeg has been an epic failure this year. They really have been. Yeah, the only other team I would throw in with that group uh, is the Dallas Stars. They're not quite as disappointing, but they should be a better team. You look at their roster. I mean, Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson leading the charge. They're both above a point per game. Pavelski, we know who he is. Robertson, the rookie of the year last year. Rupe Hintz. Uh, great young goal scorer, Tyler Sagan. Heiskanen, who I thought, you know, should be a top five defenseman in the league, has not really done that well this year. Klingberg is not, another guy who's taken a step back in recent years. Jamie Ben, Guriana, Ryan Sooner, Radulov. This is a good, good lineup. This is a good team. And they should, I'm, yeah, I mean, they're in a tough division, but it, they, they definitely have underperformed. So I think they fit right in with that conversation. Yeah, there's some stinkers out there. We should really talk about the teams that are overperforming. Maybe next episode we'll touch on the team. And, you know, spit. Positive spin, Tim. The, the teams that maybe aren't spending to their limit and are having a really good season, overperforming. So we'll maybe touch on that next show. Let's do some quick hits, Tim. What happened? What happened last night around the league? Quick hits: Crosby, Sidney Crosby. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, scored his 500th goal. So I thought that was kind of cool. Good moment for him. He's been stuck on that number for a little while. I think it took him a couple of weeks to, to hit that 500th. So good for him. Um, another milestone, Yarmir Yager, still playing over in the Czech Republic, scored his – he turned 50 yesterday, 50 years old, still playing professional hockey. It doesn't seem like he's slowing down. So uh, another cool milestone. Who's had the better career, Yager or Crosby? Mm. They both won, what, three cups, right? Yeah. Jeez. Um, top, top three Penguin players. How do you rank them? Lemieux. Yep. I think I go Crosby over Yager. Oh, I go Yager Crosby. It's you can't lose. I, yeah. Yes, I you can. Know. You lose. Crosby's third. Uh, you mentioned it already. The Avalanche had their 19 game win streak ended last night by the Stars. Um, and then, cool little note the Edmonton Oilers, after firing their coach, bringing in Woodcroft, have now won three straight. Uh, they're now third in the Pacific in a super tight race. They leapfrog a couple of teams. They're only behind Vegas and Calgary, which is they were they were in sixth place like a week ago. Um, but it's very, very close. The third, the three, four, five teams, Edmonton, LA, and Anaheim, they're all tied with 55 points. So this is literally as close as it gets. Edmonton's played 47, Anaheim's played 49, LA's played 48. So they got a couple of games in hand, which is why they're in the third sl- third spot. But um I think it's a good thing. Obviously, it's good for them, but it's also good for us. We want to see McDavid in the playoffs. We want to see what Dreisaitl can do in the postseason. So um, good for them. 
Yeah, the next few games are going to be huge. They need to win these games because they go on a stretch where they play the Wild, the Lightning, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and they're going to lose all four of those games. So they need to pick up the points when they can get them. I'll bet you they lose all four of them. Who are the teams? Wild, Lightning, Panthers, Hurricanes. I bet they win one game. Done. Done. But yeah, and and especially these inter-conference games, these are four points games. They play Anaheim tomorrow. That'll be a huge game. Anaheim's been struggling. They haven't. Remember how hot they were their first place for the first two months of the season? They've slowed. They need to find their game a little bit. Hopefully that all-star game will give them a little mojo. Who knows? And they play the Jets. We just talked about the Jets. The, The scary thing about the Jets, there are some nights they put it all together. And they look unbelievable. They mm-hmm. play together as a team. The stars are humming. They they just look like a very the old school Edmonton other or the uh, Winnipeg Jets. But there are other days where they just stink, and it's like, woof, who are you guys? So the Oilers need to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. If they can beat the Flyers of the world, the Blackhawks, and then go five hundred versus their interconference games versus the Ducks, the Sharks, the Kings, they'll make the playoffs. If they revert back to the team who lost 10 in a row, lost 12 in a row, had those big losing streaks, and they're losing to the the Red Wings of the world, the Sabres, the Devils, they need to win all of the games that are winnable for them. If they go like 750 in those games, 700, it will be tricky for them to make a Stanley Cup. But like like you said, I want the Oilers in the Stanley Cup final because it'll be so fun to rip on them when they lose four straight in the playoffs. Like I said, I'm I'm envisioning that it's going to be great. Kane did not get a good ovation back in San Jose. Did you see that? I did. The Boo Birds were out. They booed him. What do you think? I, uh, not surprising, but I so and you know some of these guys are kind of being a dead horse. Kevin Kurtz with uh, San Jose. Did you call Evander Kane a dead horse? No. You what? said they're beating a dead horse. Yeah, or okay. Evander. Um, but Kevin Kurtz, he just keeps asking about Evander at every press conference. He asked uh, Pickles the other night, Vlasic. And and it's so funny because I, you know Vlasic really well. I met him that one night at dinner. But even, like, that interaction, like, I, I, I can picture him saying this. this. is exactly the kind of thing he would say. But he was, like, he was asked about why it didn't work out for Evander in San Jose. And he's, like, I don't know. He's not here anymore. You could ask him. But I kind of liked it because it kept you guys talking about something other than us. So it was like, he's like, I was fine with that. Um, which is like, so fun. It's exactly something he would say. Um, That's Vlasic, so Mark, Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah. You guys, you, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. You haven't met him. So <laughs> um, uh, points bet big pick tonight. We talked you about lost last already. time, Tim, you really yeah. blew it last time. I was disappointed. I, I, I cautioned you. What was my pick? Still, I don't even remember. You bet against the Minnesota wild. Oh, red wings. Yeah. 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 And then um, Moldy ripped the hat trick in your face. Yeah, who can predict that? Okay. Colorado is playing the Golden Knights tonight. Oh, big game. What a game that's going to be. I'm going to watch it for sure. Uh, 10-10. I'll watch the first period. Uh, I'm betting Colorado. I know they're on the road. I think this is going to be a nice smack in the face. Welcome back game for Jack Eichel. Um, I think they look good. We don't know who. I don't even know who's a net for Vegas, but it's not Laner. So, yeah, I think Colorado wins this one handily. I will take them. Minus 125 to beat Vegas in Vegas. That'll be a good game. I think every, all eyes will be on Jack Eichel. It'll be a fun game to watch, but I agree. Colorado, Nathan McKinnon's back. They're going to want to bounce back from their loss last night versus the Dallas Stars, so they're going to have a little bit of – they're going to be hungry, Tim. They're going to be very hungry. But anyways, we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully you get a get back in the win column. 
That's right. Got to get some money. Got to get some money in the bank. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another show on Friday. We appreciate the support. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.